0: Follow us on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. You will have to enter that in because the fact that we are adult content means that we have agreed to make ourselves unsearchable on their website. My name is Elle, and I'm a sex educator.
1: My name is Jen, and I'm a private investigator.
0: We want to learn more about ourselves.
1: I'm like the boring vanilla one over here that's like, I don't do anything, but I'm cu- I'm curious.
0: And the fact that we're both sex workers means that we have insight into things taboo.
1: Trigger warning, if you're easily upset by this stuff, maybe take a break.
0: I have a feeling this is going to be weird.
1: Sex and politics make for some very strange bedfellows.
0: So Amory Jane is a sex educator, entertainer, and sex-positive event producer. Earlier this year, she was featured on Fusion TV series City Porn talking about cannabis and touch. She is the creator and host of Whoopi, a sex positive variety show, and the podcast Sex on the Brain with Amory Jane. <laughs> I love that. She mm-hmm. is available for contact at underscoreamoryjane.com. Hello. 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 So Amory, how long have you lived in the city or in Portland area?
2: I've lived in Portland for 12 years.
0: Okay. How did you get into... I mean, the first time I smoked pot, I was 19 and it was a dare. And then I didn't do it again for like five or six or seven years. Um, Jen, you dabbled. You were a weed smoker.
1: Um, So I was never into weed until very recently. Once it became legalized and you were able to see what kind of concentrations are in things and kind of like choose... Mm-hmm. Strains like specific strains. I I gave it another try, mm-hmm. uh, but back in back in the nineties when I first tried it, tried it and it was just like shitty weed I bought from whoever at my high school. Um, <laughs> I didn't like it very much.
0: That's cute. So how did you get into the weeds and the sex, Amory Jane?
2: Well, I was kind of like Jen. I didn't really participate in in weed or cannabis culture until it was legalized. I was a straight edge person in high school.
0: Oh shit, straight edge. Can you explain straight edge to anybody who doesn't know straight edge?
2: Yeah, straight edge is basically completely drug free, alcohol free, and some people are sex free, but I didn't go that far with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't that straight edge.
0: So how did you, when did you start smoking? Like,
2: well, I had before uh, cannabis was legalized, I had a bad experience with accidentally eating it at a party. Oh, no. I was like, oh, these cookies look good. And I started eating some cookies. Oh, and people were like, you know, those are special, right? And I was like, what's special about them? <laughs> so naive from oh, the Midwest. No. And they're like, um, they have pot in them. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to die. Yeah, And I felt like my body like lifting out. Like I was looking down at myself like I had never tripped or anything before. So it was an intense experience. So oh, I, I stayed away from cannabis until it became legalized. And I actually had a doctor say you know, this might be better for your chronic pain than pills.
1: Thank you. That's what brought me into the fold too was really? was pain relief because mm-hmm. I don't like traditional painkillers. Like I don't want to put that shit in my body. It makes me feel horrible. But CBD, however, has been mm-hmm. life-changing. Yeah, um, I
2: started it as a painkiller option and then started exploring using it with sex and was like, whoa, this is awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of... How did I... I definitely felt, um, and you said out of body experience and I recall that in my earlier uses and I get kind of bummed because I'm such a regular smoker now that I just don't experience that. It's so rare that I experience the euphoria or the body highs, so I could probably reel it back at this point, (laughs) but, um, new smokers just really need a little, and we'll talk about that later because there Mm were some interesting articles about optimizing your effects My doctors told me that it will, and my therapist, that it will increase my anxiety long-term if I use it for like, I was told, a year or longer regularly. Do you know, do you have any thoughts on
2: that? I mean, it's tricky because I think that it depends on how much you use, how often you use it, what kind you're using. Mm -hmm. And because I know people who are using cannabis every day in dropperfuls. Mm -hmm. like uh, edible style Mm -hmm. and have been using it for years and don't see any increase in their anxiety. Mm -hmm. But I think that if you are smoking it and using it like as an instant fix for anxiety, then it kind of becomes a thing that you are reliant on. Mm -hmm. And so I could see how that would increase anxiety over time like mm-hmm. if you don't have it near you then you're like oh no i don't have my my sweet sweet medicinals mm-hmm. and so
1: and to be clear are we talking we're talking cannabis use that has some sort of thc content in it or yeah, will not, cbd n- not alone
0: C- cbd alone anxiety? would be well i mean amory you, you why am i talking for you
2: yeah i mean <laughs> cbd alone is probably not going to do anything in terms of anxiety, THC is what most people feel anxious about is the psychoactive effects. Right. And a lot of CBD products have such a small amount of THC that it doesn't affect people. But it's, you know, what's the most common out there, what most people get from a dispensary is THC, mm-hmm. something that's either like a one-to-one ratio or a higher THC content.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I smoked a one-to-one um Right, but, I mean, God, in the kitchen while you guys were talking. <laughs> um, and pain was why I started smoking more regularly and in the daytime. I was actually hung over the first time. Um, I smoked weed before I think it was noon or like at noon. um, and it was just because I was like, I am everything hurts, and I give up. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but then I had to make sure that I didn't just like habitually, for me, that doesn't work. I can't wake and bake. Um some folks, yeah, some folks do it friend of mine, he's like, I just have one bong rip in the morning and I'm, and I'm good all day and it sets the tone. Um, for me, if I have a bong rip in the morning, I might just keep doing bong rips throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And it's hard <laughs> to work through that. So yeah, it's definitely about finding what works for you um, and listening to your body, definitely.
2: Absolutely.
1: So how is it different when it's applied topically than when you, when you smoke it or ingest it in other ways?
2: And the mode of consumption is definitely a big factor in how it affects people when it's topically, as long as it's not in the mucous membranes, it's not going to really have an effect that you're going to feel like you're not going to feel high if you put it on your shoulders for pain, Mm right? It's going to be more localized, increasing blood flow, decreasing muscle spasms and tension. Uh, So it works more of like how an icy hot would work, a pain balm, Mm -hmm. Right.
0: So as far as mucous membranes, though, but where are some of our mucous membranes where people do apply THC? On the vulva. On the vulva. Mm-hmm. What about the inside of the anus anus area? Yep, definitely. Yep. You
1: can do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: We were all about butt stuff last night, and it was really funny. I just had this company send me a toy, and I was like, I don't know. I think this is too big. He's like, oh, let's see, on him. <laughs> so we had stuff in our butts, and it was a great time. And I remember thinking, like, the only thing that would make this even more bonding and exciting is if I had that oil because it's tingly and it's increases everything. And I feel like it's not, it's obviously not the same as smoking it or eating it, but I've, I've just local, even that just feels so good. So Mm -hmm. next time.
1: So if you're looking, say that you're looking to use um, a topical specifically for sex mm-hmm. is there anything you should else you should be looking for in the ingredients list of it like that might be irritating like are there some formula i don't know it,
2: keep it simple yeah. um, my favorite brand is luminous botanicals they make something called dew which is a sensual oil and they make two kinds one is all thc and that one's good for arousal. So if you're wanting increased blood flow, increased arousal, and lubrication, then that'd be a good option. The other one is a CBD THC one to one ratio. That one can be really good for anal because it can um, make it easier for penetration and help with relaxation. Which I think most people know. If you have a, a tight, not relaxed ass, it makes things way <laughs> less
0: comfortable. Mm-hmm. You just <laughs> so, have to believe in your ass, also. Um, oh yeah, real quick, you let's have to make believe sure. In it, what like the tooth
1: fairy? Exactly.
0: Or- <laughs> Um, using the cannabis oil on your butt area is different than using a like numbing agent on your butt area. Correct, Right. And I just want to clarify that because a lot of people use, oh my God, anal ease with a Z, oh. cherry flavored for their, you know, and it's like, I want to have less painful anal sex. I'm like, you don't want to numb the area. You want to relax the area. Exactly. Which is also associated with your mind. So
2: yeah, if you numb it, then you can do damage uh, and not know you're doing damage until the next day when you're like, "ow, it hurts to sit. So Mm -hmm. yeah, cannabis is going to help relax things naturally, kind of help the muscles just go, "Mm, we're open wide Mm -hmm. and ingesting it can be really great too for that relaxation and getting zoned in with your body and Mm -hmm. not having all that anxiety and also i found it really helps with body image
0: Mm, so in terms
2: of cannabis and sex like not worrying about you know how things are moving or sagging or Mm -hmm. any sort of perceived flaws it's Mm -hmm. just like i'm sexy Mm
0: -hmm. that sounds good yeah there's a this article the truth about how marijuana affects male sexual performance um which these articles never really give you like Sometimes they raise more questions than answers, but there was some good information in here. And this one is specifically about cis men. And what you were talking about earlier, Amory, and with dosing, obviously, uh, it says that animal studies, I don't know what animals they were testing on, um, have found that cannabis has an inhibitory effect on certain receptors inside the erectile tissue of the penis. So they said that although they haven't tested on humans because you can't really get federal funding for things that involve cannabis because Jeff Sessions is the attorney general and he hates cannabis, so there's no way in heck we could... Will
1: he just die already? No, John McCain died though. Uh, (laughs) um, No comment.
0: So, yeah, I know. So too much in theory will make you feel less. Like I've been too high where I'm like, whoa, I just don't feel as much. But I've also Mm -hmm. been high or stoned or whatever term you want to use for it to where everything felt more electric. So Mm -hmm. dosing, of course. Um, So that was one point. Uh, But what you were saying with body effects, there's this other article that we had brought up and this woman, Ashley, is quoted in it. I follow her on Facebook. She seems like a nice lady.
2: Oh, yeah, Ashley Manta. Manta. I had her on my cast. podcast. Mm -hmm.
0: Ashley Manta. Uh, So she's in San Diego and she said that um, it helps... As a survivor of sexual assault, she's her, and as she's heard from clients, cannabis can ease pain, discomfort, and anxiety, quiet the voices in your head. So intrusive thoughts is what my therapist <laughs> reminds me those are called. Um, and also just put you really in the moment. So in this piece, this one is called, can <laughs> cannabis contribute to improving women's sex lives? And I'm sure they studied all cis women. Uh, so, mm, it says a potential downside of using marijuana to enhance sex is being unable to enjoy it without it. In this case, quote, you're never psychologically getting rid of the anxiety. And in order to tackle underlying issues, you might instead consider using cannabis as an adjunct to psychotherapy. If you've ever like, oh, I need a drink before I have sex with this person or in general, or, oh, I need to get high before I have sex with this person or in general, that can help. Again, you're, you're like coasting. But what if your substance isn't there? To kind of dig through mm-hmm. these a little bit more. Okay. The one about the male sexual performance,
1: the cis man in weed. Yeah.
0: One. So, and this is another good point with weed and alcohol. It says some people get wasted after just one drink, others keep it together. I mean, that's a tolerance issue too.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: The same goes for smoking. Um, some get giddy, others get sleepy, and more than a few get paranoid. That definitely differs on the strain. I don't know enough about alcohol, but people I heard last night, they're like tequila makes me punchy
1: or whiskey right. makes me sleepy. I'm definitely one of those people that certain types of alcohol makes me go like that shit. Oh. I
2: think some of it too is probably the, the mode of consumption. Like a lot of people, when they do tequila, they do it as shots. Mm. Right. And as I think that to- that's psychologically, like if... There's that song that's called Tequila Makes Her Clothes Fall Off. (laughs) And if you're out doing shots, like you're in this party vibe, you're in this kind of spontaneous feel. So maybe you feel more free to have sex. Whereas if you're like sipping on uh, a brandy cocktail, that's going to be a different vibe that you're giving yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. So I think that
2: could be part of it in addition to what's in the alcohol and how it metabolizes
0: that's such a good point true
2: but it's like with weed strains different strains are going to have different effects like some strains you're going to smoke it and you're going to feel couch locked and you're not going to feel horny Mm -hmm. and other ones you're going to be like okay let's have an orgy Mm
1: -hmm. and so is that going to have to do with like the sativa versus indica (laughs) thing is that i don't know about this stuff i'm 40 sativa (laughs) sativa i don't know
2: yeah sativa and indica you're cute Yeah, I mean, like the general saying around sativa and indica is that sativa is more uplifting and euphoric and indica is going to be more mellow and a good thing to use before bed or to decrease anxiety. But that is just a really limited understanding. It kind of goes into terpenes and different strains as well. So you can have a sativa strain that maybe doesn't make you feel wide awake or you could have an indica that makes you feel super creative and really... Like your mind's going and going. It just depends on other things too.
0: Mm-hmm. It also depends on where you are as far as what your baseline is. So mm-hmm. like if you're an incredibly anxious person, I don't know. And I can be an incredibly anxious person. And and sativa has really helped to focus me sometimes, like an upper on my upper. Um, and then sometimes I've tried to smoke indica when I'm anxious and it works like a nice warm blanket. Other times it causes me to panic because I feel less in control, you know? So there's so many, it's like, where are you at that day? Again, what are Mm -hmm. your goals? My throat gets sore from smoking joints. So, and then I switched to water bong for a little bit and that definitely I feel like helped because I wasn't burning the paper. Um, can you, do you know any options as far as like healthier ways to have cannabis in your body?
2: Yeah. The healthiest would be through tonics, oils, uh, tinctures, things like that. Hmm. Or edibles, although, you know, sugar in those for some people, that's not a great option. Hmm. Um, But, yeah, I think that ingesting it, but that's a whole different experience, Um, especially if you take a little too much. If you smoke a little too much, then, like, you got to take an extra 15 minutes to, like, chill yourself out. If you eat too much, it's hours. Right. Yeah. Um, So that's something to consider. That's why I like tinctures because they have a dropper so you can give yourself the same dose every time. With
0: Concentrates with edibles. I have been told that it can be really tricky to dose correctly because the way that concentrates spread out, I guess, in the process of it being made. Do you know? Any, is there any truth to that? Like, if you take, like, if you take take a bite of a cannabis chocolate bar, and maybe there's like a cluster of THC in one side and not the other. Is that a thing?
2: I mean, I think it'd probably be a lot more likely to be a thing with homemade edibles.
0: Okay. When
2: you're like here in Oregon, we're lucky that we have legal edibles and they go through testing to make sure that they're consistent. And you know, the small pieces or it's not, it's not going to be like with a giant slice of cake where like everybody's sharing it and one person. will get a bite with a lot of THC. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a bar. It's spread out pretty consistently. Okay. It's made in a lab.
0: That makes me feel better. Um,
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've had homemade stuff before that, will mess me way up. <laughs> not so off. being able to like have those chocolate bars where it's like five milligrams THC per square, then you know that it's consistent. But if you don't do edibles, because they definitely take longer to kick in, they last longer, that's not always feasible for people. I think that vaping is a good option as douchey as a reputation as it has, (laughs) um, using a vaporizer. It's not going to burn the cannabis in the same way that smoking does. So it's a lot easier on the lungs, a lot easier on the throat.
1: Mm -hmm. Also too, like I have the kind of day job where I can't show up anywhere smelling like weed Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Um, that would, I mean, yeah, that would be so, so That'd be a disaster
0: for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Remind everyone what you do again.
1: Oh, um, I'm <laughs> a criminal defense investigator.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you had your suit jacket on when you arrived and you're going to leave with your suit jacket on. Yep. Or what is it called? Your blazer.
1: My blazer. My blazer. <laughs> grown up,
0: grown up jacket. All right. So let's take a break. Attention, service and sex industry workers. Seeking Space Yoga is dedicated to providing a holistic option for after your shift with new 3am and 4am class times. Seeking Space is rooted in empathy and they've combined creative flows and experienced teachers to provide a safe, inviting space for any and all wishing to find peace on the mat. Need a little motivation? They are offering 10% off on all memberships and packages for those in the industry. Visit SeekingSpaceYoga.com or download the Seeking Space Yoga app for more information and a full list of class times.
1: Passion by Kate is an award-winning resource for women and couples who crave a more intimate, exciting, and fulfilling sex life. Passion by Kate's affirming writing, workshops, and one-on-one counseling help you create a new level of openness and intimacy with your partner without feeling awkward, twisting yourself into a pretzel, or spending hours a day on intimacy-building activities. Learn more and find hashtag freedomandpleasure at passionbykate. That's K-A-I-T dot com. Mention this podcast to receive a complimentary 30-minute counseling session when you purchase any Passion by Kate product or service.
0: If you're looking to jazz up a jacket, bag, or just your fine self, our friends at Gimme Flair have everything you could possibly need. Gimme Flair is the largest online retailer of pins and patches that range from the cute and sweet to the snarky and slutty. They are sex positive, queer friendly, and aim to crush mental health stigma, all with fun flair from around the globe. Check out gimmeflare.com to browse items from over 250-plus artists. All right, you three. So I actually am so happy that we have Amory for this question because it seems a little up your alley. just want to point out two words in here that I don't like, but I like this question. Um... At some point, this person uses the term clean in reference to being tested. Why do we not say clean (laughs) instead of testing positive? Amory, do you know why?
2: Well, it certainly increases the stigma. Yeah. Because that implies that people with an STI are dirty.
0: Dirty. Right. So that's one. Um, And then the other one was I've dabbled in being a hoe. Hoe is a word that as a sex worker who did full service, I would prefer if civilians would not use it. Because unless you were getting paid and like actually working and booking people, you weren't being a hoe. You can say you're being a slut. That's totally different. Sluts get laid, hoes get paid. Two words I want to point out. It's all good. We're going to dive into the question now. All
1: right. (laughs) Jen, you want to read it? After getting out of a very monogamous and very sexless five-year relationship, I decided to take a year of celibacy. This was to prepare for what I'm hoping is a very promiscuous future. Year ends in a couple of months i'm very excited to have as many sexual encounters as i want and i want plenty i would also be interested in a situation where i have multiple regular polyamorous partners without any kind of agreement of exclusivity um but i'm concerned about the best rules to follow moving forward i've dabbled in being uh oh before and i did so kind of recklessly how do you stay safe without being a paranoid killjoy I'd never have unprotected PIV sex without a long-term commitment, but I worry that enforcing the same rule with blowjobs will come off as very strange to most people. I'd also never want to be with someone I wasn't sure was tested and clean, but that also seems very difficult to avoid if you want to be spontaneous and chill. How do you do your due diligence and protection when you also want to have many non-exclusive and semi-spontaneous partners? Is trusting condoms enough?
0: get tested get tested like when i was my most active and i was i will admit not using condoms in all of my penis interactions um that was when i actually got chlamydia but it was not a huge deal because i got tested four times a year at that point to where the planned parenthood ladies were like you don't need to be coming in this much i said no i do like i know what i do in my spirit (laughs) (laughs) um and nothing i mean i was i was communicating with people to where it was pretty sure that no one had anything viral like hep C, HIV. Like I'm in a low risk population for it as far as we know. Um, But I also have sex with people who have sex with sex workers, people who have used intravenous in their past, um, people who have sex with all the genders. So um, get tested. Get tested at least once a year. If you're using condoms, just once a year.
2: I I don't know if it's a year or how frequently. I guess it depends on if you're using condoms with one person or multiple people and if they're using condoms with their other partners. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would agree that getting tested is the main thing you want to do and ask your partners to be tested. I know it can feel like not chill, but wouldn't you rather not be chill for a moment than have to have that conversation later of like, I went to the doctor, and I tested positive for something. And, you know, I think right. it's just too prevent it is easier Mm -hmm. um so getting tested and some people you can do it now at home you can order kits and do it at home and then you can just have your results right there and show people that's cool Mm -hmm.
0: wow i did not know that i I knew you could do at home hiv testing yeah you can do full panels now if
1: they if anyone i don't know it's gonna maybe i'm gonna sound stupid and old and out of touch but i wish (laughs) there was like an app for this what that you (laughs) No, seriously. It's where you could just like, I don't know, where you could oh, update there is. your testing. There and- is.
2: I don't remember the name of it, but you there's an app. And then you can also send either anonymously or not anonymously to previous sexual partners. You can like put their phone number in there and it will like send them a text like, hey, one of your previous partners recently tested positive for gonorrhea. You may want to get checked. Right. So it like or notifies maybe you could, them.
1: Or something you could just text your clean bill of health to someone that you're don't say clean. Ah. Uh,
0: I know, but it's funny, it's an expression it. we use. <laughs> right. I know. That's the gotcha. Um, I see the safe sex app, safeapp.me. Safe app lets you privately show your verified S T D status on your phone, check your partners, and get tested for ninety nine dollars or just a copay using your insurance. Interesting. So this is a whole other thing. But here's one. That's cool.
2: Yes, that's that's an option, um, and you know, in terms of our, is trusting condoms enough? If they're used correctly every single time, they have a very high rate of being effective. Mm-hmm. And you can,
0: I mean, but also you can, and people do transmit things even when we use condoms that's because true. skin friction is mm-hmm. a thing. Um, I just I had a girls' night out, and this is fine. I can share this. One of the girls, one of the ladies last night, she said that she had not had sex for a handful of years and had been tested beforehand and then had one encounter, used a condom, and did test positive for chlamydia and knew so with certainty because they knew their status before. And so when they contacted the guy in question, the guy was like, no, you must have given it to me. Just very defensive, not trying to hear it. And so... If nothing else, when you do communicate with people, you will quickly discover who you should not be fucking.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Because that's such an immature attitude. Yucky. To have, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, it it happens.
2: It happens. It happens even with condoms. Mm -hmm. And there are other options, too, um, besides condoms. People can now get prep. So, that is Mm -hmm. going to be something that can prevent HIV. And it's not just for gay men. Mm -hmm. There's this misconception, but it's for anybody who could potentially be at risk for HIV. Mm -hmm. So, PrEP is an option. And if you're worried about pregnancy, obviously, there are birth control methods of many varieties too. So, doing a combination of things in addition to condoms. Mm -hmm. I'm really
1: curious, like, what uh, I'm really curious about PrEP. Like, what's it like? on your well, body you're taking, i thought
2: yeah it can doctors have
0: told me it can be rough on your body cuz you're basically taking an antiviral right. constantly but it's still if you're in a high risk population
1: yeah i would rather deal with that than yeah
0: perhaps your better option yeah. and some people don't have apparently like much side effect um, there you go they don't experience much um yeah i would say i actually heard that too recently from a friend um, she had instituted a no oral sex with people that she wasn't um, in relation, monogamous in relationship with. And uh, she was saying that it made dating very limited, like dating, having sexual interactions with people, very limiting, very challenging. I said, yeah, I can imagine
1: <laughs> and now. And then wait until you're 40.
0: Oh yeah. See, you said yeah. the dating pool is thinned.
1: Oh boy. Mm. It's, ba- it's so bad. Oh, bub.
2: I just, I also wish people would get a little more creative with their, their sex lives too. Like it doesn't have to be all PIV and all blowjobs. Like there are so many fun options that people can explore Mm -hmm. that are lower risk as well. And so like if you're out being a slut, like it doesn't always have to mean PIV. You can do all sorts of things. And maybe in your process of like giving hand jobs and sharing joints and Doing all sorts of mutual fun, you can learn, like, who to trust, and you can have these open conversations, and then you can transition into having unprotected sex after you know each other a little more. Mm-hmm. Oh There's
1: ways g- to be an ethical slut. Oh, my God. The, the almighty hand job. We should probably have an entire show, like, dedicated. I we love, love handjobs. I love handjobs. <laughs> <laughs> They're so
0: underrated. They're so underrated. Hands are so intimate. And also, like... I feel like it's a great opportunity to look each other in the eye, which is something a lot of people don't do.
1: <laughs>
2: also, um, yeah, no, go ahead. I was going to say a hand job with cannabis lube is <gasps> so good. Oh, there yeah. you go. Using cannabis oil because it's a lot longer lasting than like a water-based lube. Mm-hmm. And it's got that tingly sensation like you were talking about earlier.
0: Mm-hmm. I have one that has lavender in it.
2: Ooh. <laughs> nice and relaxing.
0: <laughs> I know. Uh, all right. Next question. Is anyone obsessed while giving head Well, hi. I feel like my oral fixation is more intense after my boyfriend and I smoke. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, I get down into the rabbit hole of focus Mm -hmm. because that is kind of how I want, not all my sex because I don't have time for all my sex to be that way, but that's how I want my best sex to be is like slow and focused and playful and creative. And weed really helps with that for a lot of people because again it does remove the intrusive thoughts or the anxiety that prevents people from slowing down and just playing anyway
2: Mm -hmm. I was going to say in regards to this reader's question about is anybody else obsessed with it that's changed my oral sex life for sure (sighs) because I used to you know I used to like giving head But with my chronic pain, after a while, I'm like, okay, I'm sore. Or this position is Mm. garbage for more than like two minutes. Mm. But with cannabis, I'm able to do a lot more positions because my body's relaxed. My pain has melted away. I feel more in touch with my partner, like we're one person. Mm -hmm. So it feels kind of like I'm giving myself head. Mm. And that's encouraging (laughs) to keep going and going. Mm -hmm. So it went from... I like giving head to like, this is the best thing that my mouth has ever done.
0: Mm, that makes me so there happy. There you go. That <laughs> makes me so happy. I remember a friend of mine telling me, she was on shrooms, but she said, she's like, <laughs> came into work one day. She's like, yeah, we did shrooms last night and I think I spent an hour just like blowing air on my boyfriend's testicles and watching the skin like shrivel up and then relax. And shrivel up <laughs>
1: and then... <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Right. So similar to that, I remember just being so activated that I'm like, wow, look at all the like freckles and veins and like skin, like colors. And it's like a constellation like of genitals. I remember thinking that once. Yeah.
1: Shrooms make me way too emotional. Oh I've no, pre- I can't do oh, shrooms. Yeah, I'm just I was saying, like, we, oh my yeah. God, I can't imagine having sex on shrooms. That would be weird and I would probably cry. <laughs> Sometimes well, sex while crying is great though.
0: Oh yeah. Done <laughs> <that too. laughs> yeah. Have you ever have you ever had happy tears while you fuck or no. play? I don't I think so. No. There's still time.
1: there. right. We'll there. see if I can find a suitable partner that's not full of shit. That would be awesome. <laughs> if anyone's sorry, listening, Sorry, I'm so bitter. If anyone's listening,
0: Jen's had a rough year. Yeah, I've had, a, in I've the had a bad area,
1: relationship year. I'm Ooh. sorry, bub. That's okay. I'm really busy, so <laughs> at least I have a life. It's
0: fine. It's I terrible. don't care. It's fine. Not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> there there's a paper that was referenced in one of these articles by the way if anybody wants to start looking up um scholarly articles and because they charge you money for it get a library card you can usually log in through your library website and do research that way anyway ask your library um so this one's called cannabis and sex multifaceted paradoxes uh sydney cohen md is a researcher and I'm just looking at the beginning of the introduction, but this study is from 1982. Wow. 1982 and the personal set or expectation of what marijuana does to change libidinal drives, libidinal drives. I love that word. Libidinal drives, sexual performance and gratification is a significant component of the sex pot. Some people attest to its aphrodisiac potential while others assert that it has an adverse effect on sexual functioning. So again, same thing that comes up. It works for some and not for others. Uh, tell us which one you are. Write to pillow Talk at strangebedfellowspdx.com. I don't feel, I don't personally feel that cannabis has ever made me have less of a good time sexually. It's only been a positive for me. Um, I have had some panic attacks or I've gotten i've had too much and then i had to sit down or got dizzy but that was like that was not luckily i wasn't doing anything sexual at the time so i guess it's all relative to you
1: yeah like i don't think i've ever really had sex while oh (laughs) oh i just remembered a really bad story can you can you say can you talk about on the extra yeah i'll talk about on the extra it's a really bad bad high school story
0: this is great. This is a great way. A
1: non-flattering high school story. <laughs> great. This is a great way to remind
0: people, go to our patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows if you want to hear what the heck Jen's talking about. It's just a dollar to support the artists. Um, damn, with that one, I don't know how to segue away from that.
1: <laughs> I'm excited to hear that story. <gasps> Me too. Now but, the pressure's on.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I do know people who... Um, Are bipolar that cannot use cannabis. It is just not good for their body chemistry.
0: Tell me more. I have a genetic marker for bipolar too, and Mm -hmm. I've long, I've never been properly diagnosed, and I don't know. I think I'm more on the spectrum with, and also with general anxiety, but.
1: I was on lithium for 10 years. Holy shit. Yeah.
0: Okay. Go on.
2: I mean, everybody's different, and this particular friend just any kind of drug is really hard for them to take so even too much caffeine can send can them into s- a manic state mm-hmm. i can
1: see that um i my bipolar like my mental stuff didn't get better until i i was sober for a really long time and i really needed to take that time out even though i preferred i i like really liked stimulants for some reason i was way more on the depressive side mm-hmm. of the bipolar side but mm-hmm. Yeah, I think maybe that's maybe that's why I struggle with THC a lot. And I just prefer CBD. I just kind I of don't, I don't like being out of my own head, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. I like to mm-hmm. maintain control and keep my little universe orderly
2: mm-hmm. um, with that. I can see that. Yeah. yeah, People just have to, you know, know themselves and be careful. And if they're new to it, start with small doses and do it around other people instead of being alone. Because if the paranoia is the part that is getting accentuated, you don't want to be alone when that happens.
0: I sure don't.
2: Yeah. No, <laughs> I have
0: definitely had a couple instances where I'm convinced that some somebody is trying to eventually find out where I live. Like, I'm so afraid of like, I hate using the word alt-right, but like conservative, like... Neo conservative dickheads finding me on the internet trolls and like doxing me so i'm constantly afraid that some weirdo is going to find out where i live and like i'm going to open the blinds and see some infowars dickhead
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when i'm high i'm definitely like okay everything's locked you know bars are on these whatever but i still think there's someone like probably in my yard and that's happened a couple times and that stems from like my own you know real shit but yeah, I can't, the pot did not help. <laughs> it's hard to know when that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, I told my therapist, she's like, okay, you could reel it back from the weed because that's going to make it worse. Like if you're having stress and anxiety hallucinations or anything stemming from trauma or fear, like, yeah, there's a good chance the weed's going to make it worse.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I did. And it got better. <laughs> um, so let's take a break there.
1: Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship, or exploring kink? Sex and Intimacy Coach Stella Harris can help. Visit her office in Portland or connect via Skype to take your intimate life to the next level. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net or follow her on Instagram, at Stella Harris Erotica.
0: Hey friends, do you get sore muscles or stiff joints like us? How's your skin? Is it dry, itchy, irritated, bruised, or sunburnt? If so, it sounds like you need some Naebalm in your pocket. Naebalm, that's N-A-E-B-A-L-M, is an all-natural skin and body balm handmade right here in Portland. Naebalm products use a base of organic olive oil and beeswax followed by an infusion of therapeutic essential oils, each of which provides all sorts of benefit. Oh yes, and they smell amazing. To learn more, check out Nabom.com or search Nabom on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, all right. So welcome back. Uh, Clackamas County is south of Multnomah County. Uh, what is it just Clackamas? What townships are there?
1: Um, you got Oregon city can be, um, it's happy Valley. I think yeah, actually happy exactly. Valley might be partly Multnomah. Okay. West um, Lynn.
0: Very near to Portland. Um, suburban. So this article, this news article published, uh, August 9th of this year, health officials have declared the major jump in three sexually transmitted infections to be an epidemic in Clackamas County. Chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis rates are skyrocketing in the county. From 2007 to 2016, syphilis rates in the county increased by 1,334%. So
1: That's a shitload.
0: Basically, you get the point. Uh, this is interesting. More than 25% of chlamydia cases occurred among teens between the ages of 15 and 19, with 70% of all chlamydia cases in the county occurring in women. So 15 and 19. Kids that live at home with their parents and either don't go to the clinic to get tested or their parents are not supportive of them or they just don't know that's an option. But it's kids that are fucking and not getting tested.
1: Well, listen, though, Mm -hmm. I think that I think I was thinking about this last night and just thinking about, like, what's changed from when I was that age to now. STDs are no longer seen as lethal like eight like you can maintain on eight HIV doesn't always kill you now. You can live for a very long time. Um, I think hep C even has some weird viral treat you know, mm-hmm. some sort of treatment you can take. And when I was that age, HIV was still very, very deadly. Like and it still spect- is, this, really. Because who is. can
0: afford that treatment necessarily? Right. But
1: but I think I don't think that kids these days are growing up with the kind of like urgent specter of death that Yeah, we've forgotten
0: about the AIDS crisis is what I've been told by anyone who's older than 45 and remembers it and who lost people to it.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I remember being in elementary school and being like not understand. I knew about AIDS, but I didn't understand how you got it. And I remember just being so terrified that like me and my family were just gonna gonna die. Yeah, we're gonna die of this. Like it was t- it was terrifying. It was really scary. Yeah, they so. didn't
0: really explain it because of homophobia and just like sex negativity in general. People were like, "Oh, it's blood to blood or blood to bodily fluids." but like pretty low risk, right? Yeah, but
1: there were people that thought that you could get it from like shaking, shaking a gay person's hand. I mean, there were so many horrible like stories, right. like misinformation. Oh, mm-hmm right. Jesse those.
0: Baring, uh, author right. Jesse Baring has a bit in, I believe it's Perv. And he said when he was a little boy, he remembers being so afraid, knowing that he liked boys, that he was just gonna die of AIDS. He had not even, Aww. he was a little boy. <laughs> he didn't even touch anybody yet. Um, so yeah, we obviously don't educate our kids. Clackamas County is much more socially conservative than Portland proper Multnomah County, sure. I would argue. Well,
1: so their are sex educations probably lacking a little bit.
0: I don't know Guaranteed. if anybody had it in Clackamas County again, write to us. I, you know, I didn't have sex ed here. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, also, it says 70% of all chlamydia cases in the County occurring in women. Um, and again, it's just, the way our bodies the way people with vaginas and vulvas their bodies are made, it is more likely that I am going to have some kind of a tear or an ouchie or a boo-boo compared with a penis. So the transmission's a bit higher in people with vulvas.
1: That I'm imagining mm-hmm. the same the same that's just one low therio that's just going around and spreading it.
0: don't give him too much credit
1: (laughs) you know i also wonder if butt
2: stuff is a contributing factor because so Mm. many more young people are getting into anal play Ah. and they're like well we're not able to get pregnant from that so we're not gonna bother with condoms Mm. Um, that is you know that could have something to do with it too and Anal sex is a higher, like you have a higher chance. because Higher terror risk. Yep, exactly. Higher terror risk. So I wonder if that has anything to do with it. I'd be really curious to.
0: That's really interesting.
2: Yeah, it's so, and
0: (laughs) there's so many, so many things it's hard to measure. And Dr. Sarah Present, Clackamas County Health Officer says, uh, there is not a single direct cause for the growing number of STIs or the disproportionate burden some populations face. Rather, it is a combination of many social, cultural, and structural factors that influence sexual behavior, risk, and transmission of STIs. Um, yeah, interesting. It's really funny how we, I think, expect certain populations to have higher transmission rates and we forget about the at-risk populations who either have no access to healthcare, or preventative care, no conversation around it. And no expectation that they're even sexually active. So teenagers, people like to pretend they're not sexually active. Elderly people. Oh, yeah. STI rates going bonkers high. Because we just think, those people aren't having sex. Turn on the TV. Oh having They get all
1: kinds of sex.
2: Something to look forward to. (laughs) I taught a sex ed workshop at a retirement home a couple months ago. What? And it was awesome. Yeah. But... There were like 150 people who could have come and only eight of them actually showed up Wow! because there was just so much shame. And and I had a table there. And so some of them would walk by the table and like really quietly take a condom, but they did not want to talk about anything.
0: Wow! But
2: they were all having sex, which is the reason that the retirement home brought me in. Right, because the doctors there were like they they really need education because back when they were getting education, it was just like throw on a rubber so you don't get pregnant, mm-hmm. and that was it. And they're like, well, we can't get pregnant. We're past menopause, and mm-hmm. and so they can't get pregnant, but you can get a whole host of exactly, other stuff. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. I see that,
0: and on that, so we've pulled out these other articles in talking about cannabis. Some of you have noticed we've mostly called it cannabis except when jen was quoting so i'm going to start trying to introduce this into my language because i recently saw a viral video and there's also this article called marijuana is it time to stop using a word with racist roots so uh, (laughs) for the prohibitionists of nearly a century ago the exotic sounding word emphasized the drugs foreignness to white americans and appealed to the xenophobia of the time as with other racist memes, a common refrain was that marijuana would lead to miscegenation. So white people are gonna start fucking non-white people if you smoke weed. Um, the uh, prohibition against it, here's one of the quotes. So this, is, this was in the 30s, I think this was going on. So not exactly when your clients in the home were like necessarily alive or young people, but pretty close. So when we're talking about shame and sex, this was, this was words of the Prohibition effort against cannabis about uh, less than a century ago. There are 100,000 total marijuana smokers in the U.S., says Harry Anslinger, and most are Negroes, Hispanics, Filipinos, and entertainers. <laughs> Fucking entertainers. Their satanic music, jazz, and swing result from marijuana use. This marijuana causes white women to seek sexual relations with Negroes, entertainers, and any others.
1: Oh, pure white womanhood again. There we go.
2: So a racist history to the word marijuana, but I'm more concerned with the actual like effects of people of color being put in prison for selling marijuana while currently a bunch of white people are making tons of money off of it.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. So
2: I feel like that's the bigger uh, racial component that people should be talking about, although I have not use the word marijuana since I was like in the dare program really um, as an eighth grader. It's always been weed to me <laughs> um, or cannabis more recently. Interesting. Um, so this part speaks
0: to that. This article is uh, it says in 2016, there were almost 600,000 us marijuana arrests more than for all violent crimes combined. The vast majority of these pot arrests were for low level possession and disproportionately affected minorities. Because obviously, if you are a cop and you are going to pull someone over, it's way easier to pick on the person with the shitty car who's not going to argue with you and be like, I have a lawyer. My dad's a lawyer, whatever. So you pick on the poor people. And if they you happen to do a search and they have weed, check it out. Everyone smokes weed. It doesn't matter what socioeconomic status you're on. But this is how poor people are more likely to get arrested, like to to be caught with it. That's you know? true.
1: And yeah. I think also the smell of it. Alert, you know, if cops smell it, they can say probable cause then to search your vehicle and find mm-hmm. other stuff. Because here in Oregon, it's it's legal to have weed, but it doesn't mean that the police won't fish for, to find other things on you. Oh, yeah.
0: So it says, uh, according to the ACLU, between 2001 and 2010, black Americans were arrested for marijuana possession at almost four times the rate of whites. Um, so yeah, I agree. Uh, I feel very conflicted sometimes because our country is so like not only geographically large, but the politics implemented and the policies are so wide-ranging that it is very surreal for me to walk around my block with my child and my dog smoking a joint with like exactly what I know is in it. And then I have like an ounce at home. I'm like, there's literally people separated from their families doing time for less shit than what I have in my house. Yep. That's fucking crazy. Um, I would say one way to combat that is in states where it's been legalized, or I don't know if decriminalization is the right word to use because it becomes legalized so that the state can make money off of it. Um, Decriminalization just implies that it's not illegal to have it at all, but they've legalized it, they've regulated it. Um, I would be curious if you live in a state where you have access to cannabis, to find out um, what the current status is on offenders because Washington released a ton of people convicted of yeah, low-level possession. Yeah, California's when been doing that too. It.
1: And I think that there aren't some, like some states or some municipalities are like expunging records after the fact too. That's cool. So
0: That's cool. Yeah, but in other states, it's like Arizona. I mean, God, you're like a lost cause. You just looked at me you're like, Arizona. We hate Arizona. <laughs> we don't like Arizona on this show. It's stressful place. <laughs> let's see. Let's go to this other one. And then there's another article. This one is written by Angela Chen. She says why it can be okay to call it marijuana instead of cannabis. She says erasing the, ma- erasing the name could mean we don't think about the complicated racist history of the drug. So this way she kind of goes a different route with it. She's acknowledging the history much like the other person, but there's a different argument here. I'll just read the thing. When Europeans first arrived in present day Mexico, they ordered the indigenous residents to convert to Christianity and stop growing their own psychoactive drugs, which they'd used in, I'm sure in ritual for thousands of years, uh, morning glory, peyote and psilocybin. Instead, the indigenous Mexicans were told to grow hemp for rope. That's when the residents discovered that this hemp plant could be psychoactive to hide. that They were using it. They started to code the language. Um, Many plants in Mexico have some version of Mary in the name to please the Spanish who pushed Christianity. And so the plant became marijuana. That's Uh one story. Uh, (laughs) Today, I skipped down a little. Today, a language divide remains. People who support legalization tend to call the drug cannabis and those who don't call it marijuana. Just look at Attorney General Jeff Sessions saying, good people don't smoke marijuana Um, I'm interested to hear what other people think about this, too.
1: I mean, this is all new to me. I had no idea. I mean, I figure everything in America probably has a racist history behind it. (laughs) That's a good point. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is the first that I'm hearing about controversy around the word marijuana.
0: Yeah. I invite everyone to dig into that.
2: I definitely... I mean, I think that's true because the people who... I know who use cannabis. It's a lot of other educators, because if we're talking about, hey, everyone should uh, get high on pot and give head, then it's like we're going to get a lot more backlash than saying using cannabis sensually, you know, like it's that (laughs) difference. Like I can get a gig at a hospital when I say using cannabis sensually. But if I'm like, get high give head then like i'm gonna have less legitimacy or something and so i feel like people do use those languages based on which population they're talking to get high
0: give head i love it bumper (laughs) sticker right there for sure (laughs) we're on tank top right you'd find that in spencers (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay so there's so much more that we're just not going to be able to get to um thank you so much for coming on so amory thank you so much for coming on um Tell us about, you said you have an event coming up in October?
2: Yeah, October 25th at the Bossa Nova Ballroom in Portland. I'll be having Whoopi, a sex-positive variety show. We've been on hiatus, so this will be our first show back since May, and it'll be a sex magic theme. So Mm. what kind
1: of things will we see?
2: You'll see fire dancing, aerial arts, kink performance. Um, There'll be a lot of people dressed in really sexy ways. We'll be giving away tons of prizes, including sex toys, free lube for everyone at the door. Mm. It's a really good time. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of um, queer performers and sex workers in Portland coming together and building community. And there's also an educational component. So we'll probably have uh, some sex ed demos on stage as well.
0: That rules. All right, good. So everyone go to amoryjane.com And then check out our after show, which we're going to do now. (laughs) For more Strange Bedfellows, check us out on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows and become a supporter for access to behind the scenes material and extra content. My name is Elle Stanger and you can find me at stripperwriter.com and on Instagram at stripperwriter.
1: My name is Jen. You can reach me on strangebedfellowspdx.com.